How you doing, mate? Just before I start this week, I'd love to take a sec to say thank you. I've only been doing this podcasting gig for 10 months, and the downloads, messages, and support you've shown me from all corners of the world has been wild. I am super grateful that you've chosen to listen to the Unbridly podcast episodes and also want you to know that I'm here to support you. So if you have any questions or fabulous ideas, I'd love to hear from you. You can send an email to hello at umbradley.com or a 90-second audio message via SpeakPipe. The link to that is in the show notes. And don't be afraid, it's really easy. And that way I can hear your voice because you get to hear mine. So send me yours. But for today, it's all about the flowers. Wedding bouquets and floral design at weddings in general have evolved a lot over the years. We have come a long way from the Middle Ages when we were just carrying bunches of flowers to mask the stench of infrequent bathing or carrying pungent herbs to ward off evil spirits or even using flowers as symbols of new beginnings, staying true to your spouse or being able to have babies quickly. Today, flowers are not only used as decorative elements in weddings, but can also evoke memories, tell a story, pay tribute to those who have passed away, and even signal to your guests where they can find you. At the bar. In fact, Graham of Tweed Twigs encourages his couples to recount the specifics of important moments that he can weave into the design of his florals to create a sense of connection and unique intentionality too. So today, Graham is going to teach you why flowers have never been more expensive and how to be creative with your flower budget so you can make more of an impact with what you've got, how event florists differ from a retail flower shop, plus how your personal stories and memories can be a springboard for your wedding decor plans. If, like me, you love contemporary design, you've got to check out the Tweed Twigs Instagram feed. I feel, like, excited and inspired every time I see a post come through. Plus, Graham has such a great sense of humour and he was a freaking delight to chat with. I hope you love him too. Let's get stuck into this. Unbridely is a community of pro-wedding vendors who believe in freedom and integrity in weddings, giving you options, solutions, tips and tricks to create the experience and memories that you and your fiancé really want and deserve. Because we believe that weddings are a team sport. With how-tos, stories and interviews with recently married couples, we find out what went right and what they'd change if they could go back and do it all over again. I'm Camille and welcome to the Unbridly podcast. Hi, Graham. It's so great to chat with you. Hi. How's it going? I'm doing brilliantly. How are you doing? I am on the tail end of my last wedding for the season and it has been a wild ride and honestly it has been a really great year with amazing couples and I think at this point you can quote me on this but my heart is really full. Oh. Come back to me in two months <laughs> and we'll see what happens but at this point my cup's pretty full and and I'm in a good place so yeah. That's brilliant because dear listener if you're not in the wedding industry as such there's a little bit of sometimes a down season or a um, absolutely a low yep. season. And that just happened. Yeah. That's just a lull. Yeah, yeah. And th- there's something that happens to creatives, I think, Graham, when they're not creating all the time 
and they get a bit sad. Is that fair to say? Oh, that's absolutely true. I can say that. But I think also because of the nature of the industry, because most of our weddings are in spring, summer and autumn, when you're going full steam for, I want to say the past eight months or Mm. so, it feels very unnatural to be stopping at this time. (laughs) And so we should tell people, Graham, though, what it is that you do. So who are you? Where are you? What do you do? We should have just let with that. My name is Graham. I'm a florist based in, in Northern Victoria but also a full-time architect. So this is me balancing all the things in the world on my little shoulders, but I love what I do and I cannot imagine one without the other. Yeah, so thank you for having me. I'm so excited to talk to you, Graham, because I think it's fascinating. So you've got creative left brain floristry going on, but then architecture, I'm sure there's creative aspects to architecture, but a lot of it is maths, is it not? When I grew up, the things that they tell you on television, architecture is not really about drawing on big pieces of paper. No? Oh, have you got the big desk thing? No. So that's um, in the 70s. It doesn't happen (laughs) anymore. So everything's digital now. You've just aged me, Graham. Thank you. No, no, absolutely not. If you watch all these romance movies, like George Clooney's An Architect, it's a very romantic notion, but I think in reality that there, there is a lot of math involved. I think just this morning I was counting the number of bricks that make up a brick sill. Oh. That was not fun. And I can tell you a brick is 230 mils high. Graham, I don't care, mate. Yeah, like to be honest, I do not care. But <laughs> because of the nature of my work, doing both architecture and flowers, there's sometimes that beautiful sweet spot where both come together. Mm. And for example, like the wedding I did for a very dear friend on the weekend, we combined building materials within the actual wedding. And sometimes there's that beautiful sweet spot. I've been stalking your Instagram, my friend. We love a stalker. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) I love your designs. I love your use of sort of sculptural pieces and using, you know, foliage and flowers Mm. and other pieces I've noticed and scale as well in your installation designs. So where do you get your inspiration from? So I think that's a really good question because I definitely started out as an architect by trade and I've always had an interest in flowers. So going into floristry, I've never been professionally trained, but I think to a certain extent, it has helped me to see floristry in a very different view because I guess if you learn how to do your maths in one, two, and three, you will only see math in one, two, and three. I'm very fortunate to have that aspect where I see floristry as a medium for design. Something that I've gravitated towards is always looking at scale, always looking at the space that it's in the light that's coming through the space and how can we capture it in a very ephemeral way? Because I think you would agree that weddings are an ephemeral thing that only happens at one time or at least in a person's life a couple of times maybe. It's a one special moment where everyone comes together, everything kind of gets pieced together into one beautiful celebration. So I kind of view florals where it only happens at one time at this particular date. The seasons are only here at the right time. The ginkgo leaves are turning yellow at this moment. I kind of view florals as a little capture of the moment where the seasons are just right. And guys, you've got to go on to his Instagram and we'll give you that at the end as well. I'll put it in the show notes. 
because it's just, it's like, it's like staging. It feels like you've created staging. Maybe in a nice way to think about it, it, it is production design. If you think of putting out Phantom of the Opera, for example, your, your characters are there, your audience is there. There's an MC that leads the story. In this case, it will be a celebrant. Maybe that's not a great analogy, though, because... Uh, maybe not a great analogy where a light actually falls and kills someone. Yep, there's kidnapping, people die, so maybe not the great analogy, but maybe a musical. Hmm, maybe something a bit more upbeat, but theatrical for sure. We've chatted privately on DMs, and you have been talking about couples expressing their personalities through their flowers and making their flowers more personable. What the fuck are you talking about? I feel that while florals are important, I think it has to be a representation of who you are. We love a good old Pinterest board. <laughs> love me a good Pinterest board. Like everything's in there. But what I like to think is that while I can recreate this with a decent amount of effort, like I think I, I do believe anything can be done, but really what I want to do is celebrate who you are. For me, I would love to tie in a personal story of the couple, which I think is so important. So recently I did a wedding in Victoria. So so initially we were talking about Pinterest board, you know, beautiful images that are coming through and I was like, great, I can definitely do that. But I need a little bit more. I need something that gives me that, oh, this is your wedding and not like anyone else I've ever yeah. seen. You know, tell me a little bit more about the both of you. Mm. And they said, oh, we met on Tinder. I was like, fantastic. Love a good Tinder story. And where did you meet? Oh, we met in the city in a bar. I was like, tell me more and give me specifics. I was like, give me a story that no one else has. And they said, look, we, uh, like we met in a bar and we talked, oh, actually we had Negronis. We, we both realized that we love Negronis and I believe Negronis are served with a slice of orange. Mm -hmm. I'm not wrong. Mm -hmm. Is that correct? Yep. And she said, so because we liked each other so much, we continued to see each other like consecutively for the next couple of nights. I was like, that's sweet. That's really nice. And you know, this new fresh date I'm excited about, I have to change outfits for every single day. I have to change a bag for every single day. One of the days I went back to the first bag that I brought it on our first date and she found a dehydrated orange slice from the first drink that they had fell into the bag. And I was like, yes. That is it. That is exactly it. Yeah. So how that fit into their wedding florals is, first of all, it was in autumn this year, but also within the tables, we use produce. So oranges in its multitudes and forms and just get it like done in a very beautiful sculptural way. So where I feel like sometimes um, a lot of things can be trends, like, you know, um, quicksand roses, even now produce is a big trend going in the styling of the table, which is beautiful. Don't get me wrong. Like the Greeks and the Italians have done it for years, like <laughs> it works. decades, millennia. It works. Yeah. But if it tells your story, that's when it clicks. Yeah. And I love to be able to use the floral medium to make that connection. That's brilliant. We've got to get a photo of that, Graham. I will definitely upload a photo somewhere. Yes, yes. We'll have to share yeah. that. I'd love to see it. Okay. So they're expressing their personalities and their story through what you're creating. Yeah. Okay, I get that. I get that. And so the advantages of that approach are obviously they are feeling more connected to what you've created and it's unique. 100%. And I think for me, a bridal bouquet, it is typical, you know, 
like you don't need to have it. But if I can build a memory or a connection into the bouquet, I think that's a beautiful thing. Because um, I guess going back to the whole idea that flowers are ephemeral, they will die. You can dry them. You can dry the heck out of them. They are still dead. And that's being completely realistic about it. I don't keep dried flowers in my house because I love this idea that it is like it is transitory. Like it's just there for that one spot. But the memory of the florals that you had will last beyond. I had a wedding where the bride lost her mother quite recently to cancer. She really wanted to bring her mother in in some way or another. And I was like, send me a photo of your mom. Like, I would love to see what she looks like. And she was like, oh, my favorite photo was of her on her wedding day. And I was like, oh, that's beautiful. And, you know, it was the 70s. It was baby's breath. It was roses. It was like orchids, you know, big hair, big veil, big dress. You know, it's a product of its time. But beautiful, absolutely stunning. And I just asked, how would you like me to, you know, pay tribute to your mother? And she said, oh, I would love to have orchids in the bouquet. And I said, oh, cool. So rather than just using orchids because it's trendy, Mm. there is emotional connection. And I was like, well, as much as I love your mom's bouquet, let's make it you. Because at the end, you are still getting married. Mm. So her mom's bouquet was white, but hers... For wedding day, it was hot pink and like lemon butter yellows. But in her bouquet, I added one white orchid stalk just for her. And she'll always know that like it just ties in. That's mom. And also, I guess the other thing is these are ways you can add a lot of personal touches without breaking the bank. That's one element that, you know, you don't have to spend tens of thousands of flowers to make it mean something. Mm. I guess it's not even talking about volume, is it? It's just talking about stems for the sake of stems versus a representation of something that means more to you. Absolutely. I mean, I must say that flowers have never been more expensive. Well, I wanted to talk to you about that too, Graham. What's going on? You still haven't written your vows yet, have you? Let me help. In around 20 minutes or so, you can easily write personalized wedding vows unlike anything you've heard before that will make your fiance feel like the most loved, understood, and appreciated person on the planet. The how to write wedding vows that don't suck. <laughs> Instant download 17 page PDF ebook walks you through a step by step format for your vows, how to find the right words and phrases to describe your feelings and your fiance, how to write that crucial first draft, and create your final wedding vows masterpiece. So if you don't know how or even where to start, if you've been Googling your little heart out, or if you've been calling them wedding vows, A-E-I-O-U, this ebook is for you. Included in there are also some bonus secrets for getting the most out of your wedding ceremony. So make sure you download your copy right now and get Write Your Wedding Vows crossed off your to-do list today. The link is in the show notes. Honestly, food prices are going up, house interest rates are going up, and it's not surprising that flowers have also been expensive. But I think other than that, I don't know if you remember, a couple of years ago, we had a little pandemic that happened. Oh, really? A couple of people were at home for a short little while. I think Melbourne was the most locked down city in the world. You poor bastards over there, seriously. Every time I think about it, 
It was not、uh. fun. The other thing was that the only way people could connect was to give flowers to each other, and like retail floristry has never thrived as much. But because there were all these shortages on imports, flowers have actually never been more inaccessible at that point.、Mm. And that was when、um, people started to buy a lot of local florals, which I think is a great thing to always shop local things that are grown in Australia. But even then, the prices have actually not gone down since then. We've had was it floods in Brisbane? Yes. We've had fires in New South Wales. That and all the florals that are grown in this area, they were all affected. To be completely honest, and shipping has also never been more expensive. To ship flowers from Ecuador, for example, you're paying such a premium. Yes, those beautiful roses, right? Exactly. Yeah, they've never been more expensive. Is it a knock-on effect from you know COVID and that demand has continually outstripped supply, so you're just constantly in a deficit? I think that's a very honest reflection on why floral prices have increased. Because first of all, we are directly affected by any natural disasters,、mm. and also on the other hand, like couples have more access to information about premium flowers, Ecuador roses, for example.、Mm. And these are not cheap flowers. Even baby's breath, baby's breath is not really grown locally. It's grown in Ecuador. And people sometimes ask me, "I'll just have like a little bit of baby's breath," and I was like, "Do you know how much baby's breath costs?" <laughs> But people don't. People don't know what a little sprig of baby's breath shoved in every yeah. single yeah. arrangement is going to cost. Exactly, because when you want one sprig of baby's breath, we have to buy the entire bundle to put one sprig of baby's breath.、Yeah. So, I mean. As much as I'm also defending the floral industry in terms of costs,、um, I think there also has to be a very realistic understanding of the labor that goes into it.、Mm-hmm. When you meet on Zoom for the first time, you see your florist on Zoom. This is probably going to be the same person that's going to be prepping your flowers, creating an invoice, packing down at the end of the night, and the one delivering your bouquet. And small business life, but it's really the same person. There isn't a huge financial conglomerate behind prepping all of these in mysterious little like factories. Perhaps you could talk a little bit to that, Graham, as well about you know. So let's say you were talking about your wedding on Sunday, yes,、mm. and you did an installation of some description for them. Yes, and so you put that together. I'm guessing on site mainly on the Sunday. Yes, but like how much prep was happening Saturday, Friday? Were you at the flower markets Thursday? Exactly. So it works very differently from a retail florist. Whereas a retail florist, you want florals as fresh as possible because you want them to last as long as possible in your house. Whereas for an event florist, I am babying those flowers from a Thursday for a Saturday wedding. If it's a forty degree day in Melbourne, I'll be keeping them in air conditioning twenty four hours until I bring them up for the short thirty minutes that our ceremony is like babies. Yes, summer must be fun. Summer is great. We <laughs> love summer, but yeah. So I think a lot of times there there is a lot of hidden prep. People, or at least my mum thinks that I'm frolicking in like a linen dress somewhere. I'm sure, but、so、really skipping through we, fields, Graham. We're, aren't you? we're skipping through fields exactly.、Yeah. But I can honestly tell you, most of the times when you see a forest and fight doing a bumpkin for a wedding. They're wearing black、mm. because they don't want to see any pit stains, and you can just disappear into the background. Yes, I would imagine though little cuts on your hands. Oh yes, things like many that. Many times, cut my hands numerous times that I 
don't know where they're from. Also, sometimes I'm asking for it. Sometimes I use prickly pear in an installation. I get home and I'm like, why? Why am I hurting? Like, what's happening? Why do I have spines in my pants? I'll tell you why, Graham. Prickly pear. There you go. <laughs> asking for it. But it looked um, awesome, right? It looked great. <laughs> and there are times where I hand flowers to a couple, for example, for the first time. That still makes me melt. There are times where I've stayed for um, a ceremony hiding behind a pillar so that I can move the florals after that. I Like, I still cry. And it's and then you realize, ah, this is why I do this. Yes, exactly. So, you know, with this one on Sunday, you're a flower markets Thursday, Friday-ish. You're pre-preparing all this stuff. Can you estimate how many hours you would spend to get that result on Sunday? I think it really differs from wedding to wedding. So, for example, this wedding, I would say the sourcing preparation would have easily been about maybe 10 to 12 hours in a day or even 14 hours the day before. I think what is the actual worst is the lack of sleep that you get Mm. because of all the anxiety. I've never had a good night's sleep before a wedding because I am buzzing. What? (laughs) The amount of coffee I've had at 5 o'clock in the morning is immeasurable. And then the crash happens after that. The amount of prep, I guess, is... It's almost four to five times the time that I'm on site. And it's wow, it's crazy. And yet we still do it because I think we still fall in love with flowers over and over again. Yeah. And depending on the size of the wedding, is we are only given two hours on site. Usually that two hours gets multiplied because you, you have additional manpower on the day to make this work, to make this thing miraculously grow from the ground at the end of the night to bump out your wedding to make sure everything is clean. And hence the cost, right, Graham? And hence the cost. I think to a certain extent, flowers as a whole cost is really expensive. In my mind, a luxury product, mm. but it's also justifiable. The amount of labor that goes into it and also sourcing of the flowers, making sure that you get the right thing, speaking to growers, understanding what's in season, because not all briefs are interchangeable. Sometimes it's quite specific, which rightly so. And I think it's beautiful at the same time. But sometimes you have to drive three hours to a farm in the middle of nowhere to pick up something because it adds that little, you know, that, that je ne sais quoi that just tips it over the line. That's passion. That's passion. Um, yeah. But we still love it. Oh, that's so good, Graham. That's so good. So, okay, we know where the cost of flowers is coming from, you know, that quote that you get and you go, whoa, okay, that's what it takes. So for those couples, are there any tips that you could give them that helps them to stretch their dollar a little bit more to hopefully still get similar looks to what they are really dreaming of, but maybe not break the budget? I think there are many ways that you can do that. I'm also fairly aware that budgets are limited. I think one thing as a florist or even as a business owner is that I can respect your budget. But in terms of one tip that I feel that is pretty important is really instead of spreading your budget out thin, let's just do one big thing and just impress everyone with that one big thing. Also, I ask couples, when you yourself go to a wedding, where do you find yourself gravitating towards? you as a guest, Mm. are you extremely emotional for a ceremony or are you at the bar? Mm. 
or are you on the dance floor <laughs> or are you really sitting on the table because you don't want to do anything else and you just want to enjoy the company of people around you. So I would say think of that one moment where you feel most comfortable because this is your wedding and you expect people to feel or to understand you as a person. So if you find yourself hanging at the bar most often or you have a specialty cocktail or whatever it is, let's do one big bang in Seoul mm. for your bar and we'll leave everything. Because when you look back at your wedding photos 10 years later, you know, you will remember things that really made your day. That the one beautiful image of your ceremony, your bouquet, because maybe to you, the portraits are the most important. I can hear what you're saying though, Graham, like about investing in that show-stopping piece and maybe not having like bunches and bunches of flowers on every single bloody table. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think that's definitely a big thing in terms of working with a budget. I think stick to your budget is really important. Also, the flowers are yours. Don't let anyone else give you an opinion on what it should be. If you want it this way, yes, that's your choice. And don't let anyone else tell you what it should be. So digging down into that, what about seasonality? You were talking a bit about that as well. Does that help a couple's budget at all? I think it definitely does. I think also one of the things is working with your florist to understand what the seasons are. If you want to get something that's completely out of season, it's going to be twice, three times the price. And it's going to be so hard for your poor florist to source specific you know, flowers that are out of season. One of the things I like to tell my couples is that when you're working with flowers, like baby's breath, that's completely fine. Like I can respect you love baby's breath, but what about it you like? Is it the shape? Is it the color? Is it the airiness of it? Mm. Are we able to potentially recreate that idea of it in a different flower? Substitute. So let's not be tied in with the variety. Yeah. Let's do something in a similar color palette that might be in season that will offer you even more bountiful ideas. Like for example, chrysanthemums are in their full swing in late April and May. Mm. You know, they, they would have never looked more beautiful. And let's just bank on that let's do an install full of chrysanthemums because when you are a guest looking at a giant install you don't really look at the one flower mm. you're really looking at the whole install if you are doing a big floral install i personally offer a florist bump out where i wrap the flowers for your guests to bring home people love free flowers I've always wondered about that graham they love it what happens at the end so a lot of times um, flowers get composted, they go into green waste, which is a lot of money. Like I, I can completely empathize, but Auntie Doreen's not bringing home a giant tree. So it is always nice. Like there's something that I personally offer, which I think gives a little bit more value to your flowers. Any other tips that you've got, Graham, for those couples out there going, man, I love all this stuff, but is there any way we can just make it more accessible? I think with a couple, you can definitely focus on things that might be cost-effective to you. I think there are definitely ways to reduce the budget and still create the same look. You may not need a table arrangement. You may do butt vases instead. There are other ways using fruits, produce, which is an alternative to florals. I think while more or less they do have the same value, I think they add a bit more character to a piece. You can definitely use a lot of styling elements such as candles those are definitely ways that you can still add a beautifully styled wedding but potentially reducing floral costs and look at the end of the day your guests are there for you they're not there for the flowers they are there for you correct 
That's brilliant, Graham. Thank you so much. If people want to find out more about you, where can they find you? So, um, you can find me on the interwebs, on the socials. So I'm Bree Twigs on Instagram, T-W-E-E-D-T-W-I-G-S or tweetwigs.com. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for having Bye. me. Bye. That about wraps it up for this episode of the Unbridly Podcast. For the links and resources we mentioned, please head to the show notes. And if you love the show, please review and subscribe on the podcast platform you're on now so you don't miss out on a single episode. Thanks so much for listening. And remember, weddings are a team sport. Catch you soon.